We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Our special guest today is a leading voice in the disability community. She not only serves as director of a special needs ministry at her church in Texas, but she's also an author, a pastor's wife, a special needs mom and sibling, Sandra Peoples. Sandra, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Sandra, Tabitha and I have personally gleaned a lot of helpful insight from your books and blog. God is certainly using your life and ministry to help many families with disabilities navigate through the difficulties and embrace the blessing. How did the Lord prepare you for special needs ministry? Can you tell us your story? Sure, I'd love to. Um, It's funny how God takes you on a path that you didn't even know that you needed to go on. You know, how every he uses everything in your past to get you right to the point where he wants you right now. And so I grew up, as Tabitha mentioned, uh, with a sister with disabilities. My older sister has Down syndrome. And um, so I have always been part of a special needs family. And because we grew up going to church, we were always part of churches that welcomed people with disabilities. I didn't even know that that such a thing as special needs ministry existed because even in the 80s and 90s when we were growing up in Oklahoma, we were just such a natural part of our church that it wasn't a specific ministry so much as just us and the other families. We just, uh, it was just part of what we did going to church. And so um, I went to college and then went to seminary and then married my husband who was a pastor. And then our son was diagnosed with autism uh, back in 2010. And so that led us on a little bit of a different journey because we were at a small church in Pennsylvania at the time and he was unable to uh, be in the in the service, like the other kids his age were, the the noise was overwhelming to him and the demands for him to sit still. And especially because daddy was the pastor, it was much harder for him to stay in the seats and not want to go up and talk to daddy as he was preaching. And so at our church there, uh, one of our good friends who was an occupational therapist and I started uh, talking about just a special needs ministry and what that would look like. And so we we started offering respite evenings for families with special needs kids so they could bring them to the church and the parents could have a date night or go to Walmart <laughs> or whatever they wanted to do with their time. And then we included people with disabilities in all of our activities. So they were in our regular Sunday school classes with buddies. And then we had during the service a different classroom that could meet their sensory needs during that time. And then we had VBS and sports camp and lots of different activities. And we just made it um, our mission to include those families with everything that we did. So four years ago, we moved from Pennsylvania to Texas. And our hope was to plant a church that would be special needs welcoming from the beginning. And we spent about two years doing that. And at the end of those two years, 
there's some certain qualifications you have to meet to continue to get funding. And we didn't meet those qualifications because even though we did have six or eight families attending at the time, the church met in our home and uh, it, it just, it wasn't going to be a good long-term fit for us or for the families who were joining us. And so then my husband got hired as the pastor of the church where we are now. And as we were going through that process, we said, do you have a special needs ministry? And they said, no. And we said, well, if you hire us, you will, because (laughs) um, we bring James with us and and we're going to have to start that ministry for him and then hopefully meet the needs of the community. And so we've been here for two years and have continued to grow the special needs ministry here at our church now. And so um, we mostly serve elementary age kids. And then uh, James is now 12. And so he's technically youth group age. And so we're working on remodeling some space so that we can have teenage classes and then hopefully adult classes Mm. soon after. Well, the Lord's really given you a unique lifelong perspective on disability and I can see how that would really strengthen your ministry yes I hope so I'm thankful for all that he's brought me through and the ways that I can turn around and encourage other families so often when life takes an unexpected turn like a diagnosis for example we go looking for answers we We want to find purpose in the pain and to understand why hard days have come. Are there damaging gospels out there that could hinder us from finding peace and security? I do think so. I think think that any time that we enter a season of suffering, whether that is an unexpected diagnosis for a family member or ourselves, or we're grieving the loss of someone we love, I think God in his graciousness invites us to learn more about him in those times. And and if we had built any idols, uh, those will fall (laughs) when we look to what's going to bring us comfort in, in deeper times of suffering than we have ever experienced. And so for me, when I was uh, experiencing the, the grief after James's diagnosis, I realized that part of my belief system was influenced by the prosperity gospel, even though I didn't realize it. And so I thought that if I lived a good life, that I would earn a good life from God. And so if I was a good girl growing up, and then I married a pastor and went to seminary and, you know, checked off all the boxes, then he would reward me with what I was expecting to be an easier life. And so this Sunday, my husband preached from Luke 15. And, you know, there's the prodigal son, but then there's also the older brother. And, And at the end of the story, it's his focus that we have because he, he questions the actions of the father because the father is doing things he didn't expect. And so he thinks that, um, he's having to learn the love of the father in a new way. And so I had to learn the love of the father in a new way because I didn't, I had to see that his graciousness and his mercy 
were coming through even in a situation that I wouldn't have picked for myself or for James or for our older son, David, but that his mercy continues and that he's not punitive and he's not withholding good from me, but that he's continuing to draw me in based on all my life experiences. And, and you know, we aren't the first ones to suffer. We look throughout all of Scripture, and, and every single person suffers in some way. The, their expectations aren't met, and they have to go through a season of learning more about God and, and more about His character so that they can really strengthen that foundation. And so once I really thought about um, the false gospel that I was being influenced by, then it really opened me up to to learn who God was and to strike down those idols and to just give him all the praise for um, our family situation and then the ministry that he would carry us through. Mm. Along those lines, uh, you know what the Bible says, are there other truths and promises from the Bible you, that you have found especially comforting in times of trial? Yes, especially recently, the life of Joseph has been a great encouragement to me. Um, you know, there near the end of Genesis and, and all of the twists and the turns that his path takes where he he sees the dreams and he's promised greatness that his brothers will bow down to him and, and they don't like that. And so they they try to, they think about killing him and then they put him in the pit and then he ends up in Egypt and <laughs> and then serving Potiphar and then in jail. I mean, just all these twists and turns that there's no way that you could have imagined that that was all part of God's plan. And yet at the end of it in Genesis 50, his brothers are there and, and, and Joseph has literally saved their lives and thousands of lives thanks to the graciousness of God and how he has allowed Joseph to, to rise to power in Egypt. And, and the, and Joseph says to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. And so, um, just the circumstances that we find ourselves in, like Joseph, just things we never would have expected or planned, those are still part of God's good purpose for us. And I love back in uh, Genesis 41, he's talking about, it's the name of his one of his sons, and the name is Ephraim, and it says, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. And I love that because he, because God uses our times of affliction, our times of suffering, to make us fruitful. That's when our ministries are born, and that's when we can be the most effective because that's when we're given opportunities to comfort others with the comfort we re, we ourselves have received. And so, especially lately, I've been really looking at the life of Joseph and just thanking God for the way that he works things out, um, no matter what detours we think we're taking, that he, he's never far from us and that he his purpose will still prevail. That's a blessing. Thank you for sharing that. Children with siblings who have special needs are often deeply impacted. They might be typical and healthy and strong, but of course they have their own struggles too. So could you offer advice on this? How can parents support their typical child through their challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's one that I'm getting asked more and more often um, because of my unique experience as a sibling and as a mom. And so in the book that you guys mentioned, Unexpected Blessings, I have a section that has um, seven phrases for special needs siblings, things that they 
would want to hear. And this is true from when they're little bitty all the way up until they're teenagers. My older typical son is 14 now. And so these are still things I'm saying to him. And so a few of them that I think are most helpful, one of them is let's make a plan together. So there's lots of times that we have to tell our typical children no, because our child with disabilities takes precedence over what they need. And so we may, they may need our attention or they may need to do something and we have to say no. And when we find ourselves saying no too many times, I, I try to change that and say, let's make a plan together. So even if I have to say no in the moment, uh, maybe we can spend time together after James has gone to bed and then just you and I can do that. Or maybe this weekend, Lee and David will go see a movie if if they want to, to kind of get away from the house and to, to have their own guy time together. And so let's make a plan together is something I find myself saying over and over, especially when I say no too often. And then there's some other ones that are important. Um, I try to remember to say I'm proud of you often because James gets lots of verbal praise for things that can seem easy or insignificant, especially when the boys were younger. Um, when James was able to answer yes or no questions for the first time, that was huge for us. I mean, that was, and that only happened a few years ago. And so I had to really think to myself, you know, we're giving James all this praise and attention, and then David may feel like what he's accomplishing isn't as important because we're not focused on it. And so finding things to say, I'm proud, you know, I'm, and it's not just actions, it's character too. So it's one, you know, I can say, I'm proud of you for your good grades, but it's also, man, I'm proud of you because you worked so hard. Maybe you raised your grade from a C to a B and that's awesome. Or I, I'm so thankful for how kind you are to your friends or thank you so much for inviting your friends to come to church with you. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And so just kind of looking for ways that we can affirm what they're doing so that they don't feel as neglected. I think that's another really important part of just helping our kids feel seen um, and not not like they're just part of the shuffle of daily life. Right, right. You know, we're often quick to associate being blessed with positive circumstances in life, you know, financial stability, uh, freedom from physical problems, etc., in light of being a special needs mom, what does blessing mean to you? Well, it really took on a new meaning um, after James's diagnosis, and, and I was trying to figure out how God saw autism. And so did he see autism as a problem to be fixed? <laughs> did he see it as, as something wrong, um, a deficit or a deficiency? Uh, you know what? what was his perspective on on James on the very on the very person that he created did he see that creation as good like it tells us in the creation account he he looked around and and all that he was all that he created was good or does he see it as not good and so one verse that really helped me on my view of this was is James 117 where it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the father and so um, 
because God is sovereign in our lives, all things ultimately come from Him, whether that's the rain that we need or the sun that we need or the electricity to run our homes, um, the blessings of friends, the jobs that we have, all of those are ultimately from Him. And because autism is part of our daily life, I had to see that as one of His good and perfect gifts for us. And, And that that can be difficult. I mean, like, even in my own life, I have dyslexia, I have uh, chronic pain in my jaw that can really affect, you know, I'm a speaker and a writer. (laughs) And so when I speak for too long, my jaw can lock up and it can really be painful for me. And so it's not just James's autism. It's all of these things that we see as challenges. We have to say, no, because they come from God, they are good things and they are for my good. And so that verse that just reminded me that this is a good and perfect gift from a good father helps me change my view on not just autism, but like I said, my my dyslexia, my jaw pain, um, and little things that even come up during our day that derail us from the plan that we have. Even those things are good and perfect things. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.